With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can Najee Harris possibly be anywhere near as great as we're all now expecting him to be? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is... Daily Shot of Steelers comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this program. Najee's everywhere, man. He's like Johnny Cash. He popped up at the Penguins game when they were still going. He was at PNC Park over the weekend throwing out the first pitch sharing a box with a bunch of other Steelers, some of them draft picks, some of them older guys, and Franco Harris is over there, and Najee's embracing everything in sight. He has no qualms, no issues whatsoever with any spotlight that he sees, and yet at the same time, when you hear him speak, when you watch him, and his mannerisms, you also get a very clear sense that this is someone who's engaging. He's not being cocky. He's not being arrogant. He's not saying, look at me. He's just engaging. And I'm trying to use that term in its truest sense. When I think of someone who's engaging, they're looking for a two-way experience. They're looking to communicate with you. They're looking to learn as much about you as you are about them. And that really, for me, is a big separator between this kid and a lot of others that have been into the NFL in recent years. The generation that Troy Polamalu and others kind of, you know, dismissed as being me, 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 and all that other stuff. I don't want or need to get into any of that stuff. And no, I'm not about to head into a juju TikTok rant or anything ridiculous like that. This is about this individual and the impression that he's made on our city already. I don't know that I've got a convenient comparable here for you. I really don't. I'm trying to think in recent Pittsburgh sports history of anyone who's come along who's just made such an impact without doing anything yet. That's the qualifier here. Someone who's made this kind of impact without having participated in even a scrimmage yet. 
he, he's yet to line up in a seven-on-seven seven out in Latrobe. And the amount of attention and adulation that he's receiving, and I'll say it again, and rightly so, has been amazing to witness. It really has. If you have yet to experience anything about Najee beyond, you know, the Alabama highlights and him leaping over that guy or whatever, if you haven't heard him uh, speak yet, just listen to this. It's less than a minute, but it's worthwhile. He was asked uh, at the rookie minicamp whether or not he approached a setting like that wanting to be uh, a leader or if he was just there to blend in. And this was his pointed response to that. Well, I would never try to blend in nowhere. Um, I try to stand out my own way because I'm, I'm me, so I feel like I always stand out. But, um, you know, just uh, becoming a leader-wise, um, I mean, that, that that's something that, you know, I feel like just, just comes in time. You know, it's not something that, you know, I barely even know the offense. I barely even met the – I ain't met the – the veterans aren't here, of course, so I ain't met them. So, you know, trying to, you know, move at a fast pace, you know, it's just – you know, it's all about taking things step by step by step. And then, you know, when it becomes that point where it's time to become a leader, then it is. But, you know, as of now, that's not something I'm really thinking about. It's just really, you know, learn the offense and learning the teammate, my teammates, you know, learn what type of person they are and really bonding with them. So, you know, I can become someone they could trust, you know, and then, and, you know, actually try to find ways to help them out if I can. And then, you know, from there, you know, what happens, happens. Catch that part at the beginning? <laughs> no, I don't have any interest in blending in. That's not what it's expected of me. It's never been what was expected of him. Going back to his childhood in California, he was always the special one, always the chosen one. And that continued when he was at Alabama, and it's going to continue when he's in Pittsburgh. And what's what's beautiful about this, and this is why I'm going to repeat for you here that none of this is a criticism, is that he knows this. He feels this. He, he absolutely grasps, for example, that he's come to a franchise where no less than the chairman of the bleeping board declared in January that the top priority was to fix the running game. And he He's not moved by it. He's not swayed by it. And if he is, it's in the healthiest way possible. Why doesn't it bug him? Why can he be so engaging? Why wouldn't he just say, well, you know, if the Pirates ask him to throw the first pitch out or whatever else, well, ah, you know, that's not really for me. Uh, I'll leave that to, uh, I don't know, Benny Snell, because he's been here longer. But never mind that nobody would ask Benny Snell to throw out their first pitch. That could just be the way that he thinks. But he doesn't. He understands that he's coming here with a responsibility and a, and a, a, a burden. I'll say it. Yeah, we're going to lay it on the blockers if they don't block for Najee because we like Najee. I get how it'll go in the first month if the running game doesn't work well. We'll blame it on everybody except him. But eventually, we wouldn't. So there is a burden. 
he is going to have to be the running back who finds the holes. He's going to have to be the running back who makes big plays, who gets us as excited then as we are now. And he takes that and he likes it. You know why? Because he knows he can meet it. That's why. Because he always has. And that's the thing that stands out for me more than anything else in watching him as much as we possibly can in virus times and, and studying him and how he speaks and how he acts. He's special. That's why the city is reacting as it is. He's special, and he gives off that aura. Man, did that football team need that. Hey, you know what? Just wait till he actually takes a snap in Buffalo, right? When we come back, just one question. Brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who required assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG, as the firm is commonly known, pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. At LGKG, it's important that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. At LGKG, they've been keeping promises for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Eric, who asks, what have you liked the most about the Steelers' OTAs? Most accurate answer anybody could give you. After covering OTAs, Eric, is not much because there really isn't much to glean from them. I'll be there on Wednesday, and I'll be doing all the taking of notes and everything else, uh, some of which you're allowed to share per NFL regulations, a lot of which you're not. But even the stuff that I'm not allowed to share, there isn't that much. There just isn't. If you're talking about individual performances that tends to be limited to wide receivers making, you know, some big dramatic one-handed catch or or things of that nature. But even those don't mean anything because they're not being covered the way they would be. They're not having to break off the line of scrimmage the way they normally would or any of that other stuff. But if you're asking what's been the most impressive component to the OTA so far, the part that's made the biggest impact on me has been the realization that this offense will, in fact, be different than what we saw under Randy Feetner. I feel better about that than I do about any individual anything that's going on there. And yes, that includes Najee Harris or whatever else. Because I have felt for quite a while now, and I haven't exactly kept it a secret, that this football team's greatest failing was at offensive coordinator. 
I know a lot of people will point to the head coach every time something goes wrong, and uh, that it's easy, also sometimes arguably lazy, to blame a coordinator or a game plan. But I developed enough of a book on Feetner and his shortcomings to have been convinced a long time ago that the Steelers could have done far, far, far better at that position than what they had. I don't know that Matt Canada has all the answers, but I do know, even now, just through OTAs, that he was asking a lot of the right questions, and he's trying to address a lot of the clear weaknesses. And I never got that sense from Randy. I I got the sense that Randy was just, here's our thing, we're going to stick with it, and I don't really have any other ideas, so whatever. And that's just not good enough. That's not good enough for the NFL in general, never mind for a marquee franchise with a future Hall of Famer at quarterback. I'm happy but more so relieved that this really does look like it's going to be a different offense. I don't know if it'll be better, but I know that doing the same thing that they did in 2020 wasn't going to work. So this is this is a positive. Take it for exactly what it is. Thanks so much for the question. Eric, thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.